Fantasy Alarm family, what's going on? Justin Fensterman here along with Ryan Hallam and Matt Sells. And it's time for another family meetup for the Family Times podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. Guys, what's going on? How you doing, Selzy? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's snowing here in Nebraska today, two days before my kids' spring break starts. So that's always a good time to see. We don't get snow in January or February. We get snow right before spring break. Um, and I'm praying to whoever you pray to that baseball uh, actually comes to its senses and agrees to something here uh, on this lovely Thursday afternoon. So we actually get baseball. Yes, it doesn't matter, though. We're still preparing you for yes. the fantasy baseball season because when you get our MLB draft guide under $20, which now has the ultimate cheat sheet as well from old buddy Howard Bender, that is a whole bunch of value that you're going to get in staying one step ahead of the game. Let everyone else be reactive. You be proactive. How In fact, good, Bender man? and I are doing a, a best ball draft tonight, live streaming it on Thursday evening, and we're doing a whole bunch of these things coming up too. So make sure you check those out. Wow, a lot of media for Matt Sells here. Then he joins the Alarm After Hours show. Save some gas in that tank for us there, for me and the Roan Man. Hallam, how you doing, dude? What's going on with you? Doing all right. The snow in Nebraska is coming this way Saturday, and that'll be the last one because I'm going to snap. But uh, other than that, I'm good. I'm with Matt uh, looking at the uh, baseball news, but uh, that's about the extent of the attention I think they deserve from us. So let's get to the sport that cares about their fans. Wow. Wow. Let's do that indeed. And guys, let's distract you from the baseball world. In order to do so, we need someone who's very reasonable. And when you think of someone who's very reasonable, I think of a family member reasonable, Kevin Tompkins, joining the Family Times podcast. You can give him a follow on Twitter at KTompKatK. T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S-I-I on Twitter, if I didn't say that slow enough. Kevin, what's going on? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so I want, I'll call him uh, Money Matt Sells because uh, the money's flowing everywhere. I'm, I'm happy to be part of the uh, new part of the family here and uh, ready to uh, talk it up with you guys. Very nice, very nice. And with that, man, I mean, let's start here and we can go around because it has been a huge week when it comes to football news. And I, I've said this on radio. I've said this on other shows that I, I'll say this. I was very surprised. I thought that somehow, some way, the Seahawks and Russell Wilson were going to figure things out. And I thought that he was going to remain because he is a franchise piece. No, now he's a member of the Broncos, where at one point we thought Aaron Rodgers was going to go. As soon as I saw that, my entire world stopped for about five minutes, and I was just in one deep thought about that kind of crazy trade that happens. What did you think, Kevin, upon hearing this news for the first time about the trade? Uh, my first thought was if they're, they weren't going to get Rodgers, I mean, I think Wilson's a pretty good, you know, secondary kind of backup plan because we know Russell Wilson has thrived on efficiency uh, from his time in Seattle and with uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Justin out in the out in there now in green, uh, you know, from Green Bay now in Denver. Um, I think that's going to be another efficient offense. He's not going to have Metcalf and Lockett, but he's certainly got enough weapons to uh, be able to prop him up. Yeah, Fent went over to uh, Seattle, but Albert Akui Boonham is, you know, very solid in his own right. So I think it's a pretty good move for Wilson. I think they're going to, you know, tailor that efficient offense 
uh, to Wilson, and I think it's going to be uh, very fruitful. I think he still remains a good fantasy quarterback, just a good real-life quarterback. I think it's a good move for him, you know, for a ready-made squad that's it's a tough division in the AFC West, but I think that they can certainly compete, you know, with the Chiefs and with the Chargers. Now, do you think, you know, his, he obviously hasn't quite been the guy that he was uh, a little bit early in his career, and I don't know if you can attribute that to some of Pete Carroll deciding to run the ball a lot or, or you know, just the years of no offensive line and running for his life and being hit 50 times a, a year. Uh, you know, obviously Denver is, or has been, I mean, a, 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 you know, run heavy team. Now, was that because they haven't had a decent quarterback in a while or is that, you know, kind of the scheme? So you see Denver's offense maybe opening up a little bit more with Wilson there. Or do you think they're still going to try to be a, a run heavy team? I think they're still, still going to be a run heavy team. I mean, I don't think they're going to get a, get away from that. I mean, even just looking back at, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's going to likely operate under that same kind of Shanahan McVay kind of uh, offensive scheme where, you know, Green Bay had Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I can totally see Melvin Gordon returning to Denver, um, you know, with Javante Williams, that's going to be a one, two combo. You need, you can't just have one running back in the NFL these days. You need to at least, you know, two good rushers. Uh, so I think in concert with that, if they keep Melvin Gordon, um, you know, I think they're going to still remain pretty run heavy, uh, but, you know, certainly get by with the, with that efficiency play action, you know, a lot of those, uh, rub schemes that we saw with, with Shanahan McVay offenses, LaFleur's offense last year in Green Bay. So I think it's going to be, um, you know, uh, they'll, they'll certainly take their shots. I mean, Cortland Sutton's, you know, very good deep to Judy's solid. Oh, could we put them in the scene? They still have some receivers there. So I think it's still going to be very uh, fruitful for all, all parties. Yeah, I actually think I like Cortland Sutton with this move better than I like Jerry Judy, because if you look at last year, even with how bad the quarterbacks were for the Broncos, Cortland Sutton was number one in the NFL in a dot, and Russell Wilson was number one in the NFL in intended air yards. Pretty hard to assume that the deep ball is leaving Russell Wilson's repertoire since he's one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. And by the way, easier to throw a deep ball in Denver with thinner air. So I actually would take Cortland Sutton over Jerry Judy right now, uh, just for the yard boosts that he's likely to get with Russell Wilson coming to town. Yeah, I agree. I, I really like that Cortland Sutton play. I mean, I uh, scooped him up wherever I could in Dynasty just on the off chance that they were able to get, you know, a, a sizable quarterback upgrade. And, you know, this certainly fits the bill. So do you think the runners, the, the two running backs, assuming again, we'll, we'll assume it for the sake of this conversation that uh, Gordon does come back. Do you think now with a reliable passing game and that's being nice compared to the last couple of years that that is actually going to help both you know Williams and Gordon with you know the defense just can't you know focus on the run 80 percent of the time I mean yeah it's going to lighten boxes you know for both of those guys so um you know any threat in the passing game is going to just open that up for both Gordon and Javante Williams who both had good seasons last year I mean we a lot of people wrote Melvin Gordon off for dead when they drafted Javante Williams. You know, we know that everybody likes the shiny new toy, but Melvin Gordon still showed that that he could be a productive running back. Um, so I think if they keep him, that's a feather in their cap to have, you know, two 
quality running backs in tow there. So, I mean, all hands on deck at this point for uh, for Denver with this acquisition. Yeah, I mean, just look at how successful the running backs, how fantasy relevant the running backs in Seattle have been on, you know, behind Russell Wilson, right? So I don't think that changes anything. You still have, aside from the Chargers, who, by the way, didn't stop the run, you still have some sketchy run defenses in that division, and now they got to go face another good quarter. I mean, that, that division with quarterbacks is insane. Like, the fact that Derek Carr had a very good year last year and he's now the fourth best quarterback in a four-team division is is pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. By the sure. by the way guys, what happens and then we'll move on to another player here. What happens to Seattle at this point here? And especially term, but you know, I mean Kevin, you do dynasty stuff. If if I'm at this point a DK Metcalf investor and have been, I'm kind of free. I know they'll obviously find a way to address it, but at this moment now, I'm not too excited about the future. Yeah, I mean, DK Metcalf, say what you want about the elite measurables and know, knowing that he has all the talent in the world, but if you've got Drew Locke or whoever, whatever, retread throwing the ball, if they decide to draft a guy, it's going to have a learning curve there too. So, um, yeah, it's tough if you roster DK Metcalf, especially in a long-term format like Dynasty where – you know, your inclination is to want to sell, but what can you, I mean, you can sell them for certainly something, but I mean, it's almost like pennies on the dollar at this point. It's tough. Yeah, I, I mean, and I, yeah. I think if you sell them, I mean, he did have some pretty decent games with Geno Smith, a quarterback last week, last year. So, I mean, I know Geno Smith is not the answer. Drew Locke, we all have seen his shortcomings, but I don't think the bottom completely falls out on Metcalf. And I kind of think that's what his perceived value in Dynasty just did. So I think Honestly, if you're me, if you're asking me, I think you're best to hold and, and hope that the, you know that his, like you said, his raw talent uh, kind of comes through, and I would call him quarterback proof because I still think you know above the shoulders, I question some of the things that he does, uh, but uh, I, I I don't think you can get a, a reasonable return for him. Here's my question: Can Seattle go get Jordan Love or Mitch Trubisky for Mitch not Trubisky? like I mean? The the moves that these teams are making tells you that nobody likes the quarterbacks in this draft class. Like, say what you will about Malik Willis and that whatever 70-yard throw he uncorked at the combine. Nobody's excited about these guys. So nobody wants to go spend an eighth or a tenth overall pick on a quarterback to rebuild around this year. So, I mean, clearly Jordan Love is useless in Green Bay at this point. I mean, they just signed Aaron Rodgers to what we presume is a four-year deal, right? Um so why not go try the – I mean, I know the last quarterback Seattle got from Green Bay didn't exactly work out very well, um, but that was a lack of due diligence on their part. I would – I mean, Jordan Love's 23 years old, right? It's not like he's 27 and a stopgap guy. He's 23. So go, you know, teach him how to play quarterback, get a good quarterback's coach, and you could probably get him for not that much of a draft pick at this yeah. point. Is Mitch Trubisky that much of an upgrade over Drew Locke? I just always think he gets attention, you know, because fantasy football Twitter is bored right now. So, like, try to make something out of nothing. I mean, I think he is, to be uh, honest. Minor. I mean, whoever Mitch Trubisky's marketing rep is, like, give them a raise. Like, all of a sudden, he's like a hot name. Like, we buried this guy for years in Chicago. Why all of a sudden does everyone think he's going to get a chance? But then look at what Chicago's done, right? Is it Trubisky or is it. 
their complete lack of knowing how to play or understand the game of football. I mean, like, like, yeah, the, the other quarterbacks haven't thrown, you know, interceptions like you know, candy. He was just handing them out. You get an interception. You get an interception. It was Oprah at Christmas time. I got to be honest with you guys. This is the most amount of time I've talked about Mitchell Trubisky in probably <laughs> three years at this point here. It's not a bad thing. It's just I've just kind of thought about everything. I'm sitting here just listening, and my pops always told me you learn more from listening. So I'm kind of sitting here and being like, wow, well, we have not gone this as much into the woods when it or into the weeds when it comes to Mitch Trubisky in a little bit. Just Let me say this, because the Giants are now pretty high on bringing in Mitch Trubisky as a backup or to compete with Daniel Jones, right? Yes, it's competing with Daniel Jones. But that's got to tell you something. When their new head coach was Buffalo's offensive coordinator and worked with this guy every day behind Josh Allen and knows what kind of you know stuff he's capable of. So I don't know that it's his marketing guy. I think it's Brian Dayball, who's now a head coach in the NFL saying, hey, we want to bring this guy in to compete. That, that carries some weight for me. Yeah, and then then Frank Reich did that with Carson Wentz, and how, how'd that turn out? I mean, yeah. But... <laughs> New commander, Carson Wentz. Kevin, what'd you think about that when you heard that news yesterday? Uh, I don't have a toilet next to me to flush, but, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm sure you can, guys could probably figure that one out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as lateral a move. I mean, Washington, Washington has one receiver, just like Indianapolis. Washington is going to likely lose Brandon Scherf on the line. That's dicey. And that should tell you everything. When Frank Reich, who did everything he could to bring you in, you know, because of your time in Philly – basically kicks you out the door after one year. I mean, that should kind of tell you everything there. So uh, Carson, uh, yeah, yeah, you're going to be staying on uh, the waiver wire, at least uh, for, for me. I, I, I don't like the move. Maybe he can – he'll have his games, but – Yeah, last year I'll say this. For me. He had a stretch last year because I had lost Russell Wilson. So I needed a quarterback and someone to get me through and patch things up a little bit while he was out. And once for a few weeks there, he was kind of helpful. He, you know, outperformed my expectations, but then he goes back to doing Carson Wentz things and then the shine goes off. So when you're saying you're starting the waiver wire, Kevin, that's exactly what I went through last year with this guy. By, by the way, Kevin, I got to ask you too here because my esteemed colleague, Mr. Hallam, telling me that you're a big Packers guy. You gotta oh, yeah. be happy as hell that everything seems fine. Rogers, Adams, on to the focus of the season. I mean, are you just thrilled about that? I would be. I mean, I'm happy uh, that they're gonna be, you know, running that back. But I, I wonder who, what other weapons they're gonna be able to find. With, you know, we know salary cap is a myth. Uh, you know, seeing how these teams are operating, but. You know, I want to see what else, because MVS is a free agent as well. Uh, Lazard's an exclusive rights free agent, but they'll bring him back. So, I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to pick up a tight end? Are they going to, you know, who knows what they're going to do? But it can't just be Rodgers and Adams. I mean, him and Aaron Jones were the only guys to, I believe, record a catch in the uh, game they lost against the 49ers. So, I mean, it ha they have to have somebody else. I, I mean, mean it, it with MVS and Alan Lazard, isn't it already just Adams and Rogers? I mean, neither one of those guys are exactly lighting up the box scores. I mean, the hey, four of us might about, be able to. You, for, you forgot about Randall Cobb. Is he back? Yeah, he signed a couple <laughs> of years, right? I, he just got hurt all last year. 
I mean, I think they they can they can find guys similar to those two. I think out there, and I saw something on Twitter. Valdez Cantley's looking for ten million a year. If he gets that, I, I'm going right to my boss for a raise. Yeah, MVS. I think I tweeted that today too. That so maybe like, that's what I thought. Yep, signing him to a $10 million contract is like playing million-dollar heads or tails from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Look, I, I think what the Packers are doing is thinking that they don't need that many weapons to win and get high seeds in the NFC right now, right? I mean, that division is trash. The Vikings are terrible. The Lions suck. The Bears suck. So they're going to win the division going away. That part's guaranteed. The NFC West... Who the hell knows what's happening in the NFC West right now? I mean, the Rams are may or may not be losing people. If they don't, then they win that division. The Niners are, who knows what they are without Jimmy G, with Trey Lance, whatever. The Seahawks are still rebuilding. And who knows what's happening with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. He supposedly re-added pictures back to his Instagram. <laughs> now, I saw. But who the hell knows what That's that means. That's how we judge these days. I know. I was Team. <laughs> Mina Kimes owned the entire Arizona Cardinals because they, they tweeted at her, you good, Mina Kimes? And she retweeted Arizona, you good? With a picture of Kyler Murray playing for the A's. So, <laughs> um, so you know, the NFC, and the NFC East is kind of a disaster outside of the Cowboys. So I think Green Bay is looking at it going, hey, if we get a ticket to the tournament and we have a two-time MVP, we've got just as good of a chance as anybody else of, of succeeding, right? I think that's all they're looking at right now is it it's a fairly weak conference in terms of quarterback play and everything else so i'm not sure that they really need all that much more than rogers and the best wide receiver and a very good running game Uh, i think they're okay to be honest they just need to score more than 10 points and they need these guys not to get hurt and that's you need a little bit of depth that's the other problem i mean it's you're your one false step. And I know that's for any athlete, but you want to have something behind them. You know, it's playing the guessing game. And I know that I'm kind of thinking of it from a fantasy standpoint too. It's a real pain in the ass. It just really is when the team loses someone with that high volume. And then there's really everybody else. And now we're for the next couple of weeks trying to play experiment and see if what works and what doesn't wasting at times fab money on it, just to think that we're taking advantage of open targets. And then more often than not in that situation, especially with the Packers, I've flunked and I've wasted budget on that because of that. And it should tell you how good Rodgers is when, you know, they because they've lost Adams in stretches and he's able to make it work. That should tell you how good Rodgers is. But, you know, there, it's going to come to a point at some point when this, you know, maybe he just decides to retire in the middle of his four-year contract and, you know, decides to go host, you know, Jeopardy or whatever he wants to do. And uh, then, you know, Green Bay is going to be without a Hall of Fame quarterback waiting in the wings, you know. So it's tough, but you got to have, you got to have that. I mean, Equinemia St. Brown is a free agent. I mean, Mari Rogers barely played. It's, you have to do something. You have to at least hit on some of these picks or, or, you know, you can't rely on the Devin Funchesses and the David Moores off a practice squad and, you know, you got to be able to at least draft and kind of cultivate some kind of depth. Maybe they'll draft a wide receiver this year. <laughs> <laughs> Should have drafted T. Higgins instead of Jordan Love, but I mean, let me sit that T. 
By the way, I spent about half this podcast, Kevin, because I mean, obviously everyone listening can't see this, but I'm looking at your background and it has autographs of Robert Woods, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins and Devontae Adams. And I spent about half of this podcast trying to figure out if those were real or if that was some kind of background <laughs> that you just put in. But now I'm seeing the reflection of your screen. Yeah, that's freaking awesome, by the way. There's also, there's also Brandon Ayuk just pictured just to the left. Yep. Yep. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's yeah, that's a, definitely a Niners Ayuk jersey. Yeah. Yes, at yep. first, at first, Kevin went to the right there, so I'm just, okay. <laughs> so now I see it as he went to the left there. Kevin, let me ask you this here: Why don't you tell us about what exactly you're covering on FantasyAlarm.com right now? Because you're talking dynasty, you give some strategy when it comes to pick trading, and just in general, what right now? What kind of awareness and what are you trying to push right now when it comes to fantasy football dynasty leagues yeah so um right now i just put out um the third part of this uh dynasty series on fantasy alarm uh the first uh part of the series was uh basically just almost an introduction to dynasty choosing you know league formats and um you know where you can play it what you can expect if you're just getting into a league um the second part uh taking over you know an orphan team or you can find just orphan teams like on safe leagues or you know even sleeper or whatever the case may be and just really what what you can expect you know taking over a team kind of how to make it yours um because you can get some bad you can find some bad teams uh and you can kind of uh it might it might take a little bit or you know if you're really aggressive in trading you know you can uh, turn around pretty quickly. And then, yeah, trading and acquiring draft picks, which I think, you know, for Dynasty is, uh, you know, some of the most important, uh, you know, kind of uh, facets to Dynasty. Uh, just some some tips and uh, on trading and uh, things about, like, you know, buying low, selling high, just some of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, with rookie classes, how, you know, no rookie class is the same. Um just kind of valuing picks, which is is very difficult to kind of if you're you're getting into this for the first time, you know, being able to kind of put a value on a 2023 first round pick, um, and then really just kind of trusting yourself and making you know player stands and you know trading windows like trading window right now. Calvin Ridley with his suspend, I mean, suspended for a year. I mean, bottom dropped out of him. Um, but there's some shrewd fan, you know, dynasty managers that are going to try to trade, you know, a third round pick for Calvin Ridley and kind of capitalize on that. Or like Gabriel Davis, who just caught four touchdowns in the last game he played against the Chiefs in the playoffs. So he's pretty buzzy right now. Um, you know, if the Bills don't get a wide receiver, you're looking at a guy that could be um, ascending in that offense. So, yeah, it's just... Um, you know, just some general stuff about Dynasty, and it's, I think it's a really good primer if you're just getting into the format, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of good uh, information in all three of those articles. Definitely check those out if you haven't. Yeah, sounds more than reasonable to me, and we have the reasonable one on with us, Kevin Tompkins, and give him a follow on Twitter at K-T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S-I-I. Now, Kevin, what we do to end every episode of Family Times here is we do something called the family table. We bring something to the table. This is this could be anything you want. We try to keep politics and religion out of it, but it could be anything you want, a quote, a piece of life advice. 
And with that, guys, let's show them how it's done first. Let's go to you, Mr. Hallam, to start things off. What are you bringing to the family table? I'm never a good example of this. I'm always just promoting my goofy stuff. So uh, I, all of my brackets, there's a new one tonight, and I'm going to tell you four, three the topic. Uh, it's going to be movie franchises. So any like set of movies has to be at least three in the in the series to to qualify. I did this one a long time ago. Uh, it was one of my first ones, and I decided to bring it back because I would say there's like 25, 30 new ones that didn't exist the last time I did this. So uh, keep a look on the Twitter. I don't know if this will go up today, so probably tomorrow. Uh, so go follow me at Fighting Chance on Twitter and vote on some fun movie polls. Excited to see the finals in that one between Karate Kid and Back to the Future. So that's going to be... They're not even. Oh yes, Star team, Wars. Dude. Never mind. They have yeah. no chance. They have the zero <laughs> chance when it comes. Wait, see, dude, it's so deep. Wait till you see the bracket. It's so deep. Yeah, it's so dude, Star Wars. Yeah, no way. It's yeah, that's things. Yeah, the the crane kick is not going to beat Darth Maul's lightsaber. I'll tell you that much. Mister Sells, what are you bringing to the table? What I'm bringing to the table is that uh, you guys should start watching more NASCAR. To be honest. Uh, NASCAR, the cars changed this year and the racing has been phenomenal. It's like fans that were about to give up the sport have come back in droves. In fact, this weekend, the race at Las Vegas was the most watched sporting event on cable TV all weekend. Um, the racing is fantastic. You know why? Cause they made the cars really hard to drive and it's really fun to watch guys get paid to drive really hard cars to drive at like 180 miles an hour. Um, also, there's professional trolls in, in NASCAR. It's fantastic. Kyle Busch was very bitter about Alex Bowman winning in Vegas because Alex Bowman only led like nine laps of the Vegas race, and Kyle Busch led more than that, and so Kyle Busch thought he should win the race. So on the radio, Kyle Busch says Alex Bowman backed into another bleeping win. The same guy always backs into these bleeping wins. So what did Alex Bowman do? He made a shirt that's lucky is better than good. Sold it, and then on the back, it says backing into wins, and 18% of the money goes to charity. And why 18%? Because that's Kyle Bush's car number. So <laughs> then when they responded in, so Kyle Bush responds in kind by making his championship t-shirt 48% off, because 48 is Alex Bowman's car number. So there's, there's troll jobs happening. There's phenomenal racing. Happens on Sundays. We know everybody's not watching baseball at this point. Sundays aren't taken up by football, so y'all should be watching some NASCAR. And by the way, all of my coverage is free at DFS <laughs> Alarm. Uh, it's perfectly free. You don't even need you don't even need to sign in to get it at this point. Frankly, I was just about to ask you what constitutes perfectly free. I guess <laughs> you it's literally like... go to the link, click it. You don't even have to log in. Don't have to have an account. Don't have to pay us anything to read my content. Now, <laughs> the tools you got to pay for those. But uh, last week. Even though it was a chaotic race, I still had four of the six drivers from the DK Optimal lineup in the playbook, and I gave out the fifth one in Discord about an hour before lineup lock. So if you had paid attention to my stuff, you could have had five of the six guys in an Optimal lineup uh, and done quite well for yourself. And it's perfectly free. That's perfectly. what it is. I love that. Okay, I'm going to start asking you. Anytime you promote anything, I'm going to start asking you if it's perfectly free or just free. That, <laughs> so that now we TurboTax like, commercial. Free. It's free, but you still got to put a little bit of effort in there. But it's not perfectly free. Free <laughs> asterisk. 
<laughs> yes, yes, indeed. I am actually going to go with for this one. I'm going to take it to the NBA for a second here. You guys can all keep hating on Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, I'll continue to say this deserves the MVP of the league. I don't care that Jamal Murray and even Michael Porter Jr., his teammates, are going to finally come back and help him at some point. He's carried this team on his back. And they have 40 wins. They literally have nobody else of true, deep offensive impact on that team. It's just him. He deserves it. And this team, by the way, could absolutely win the Northwest Division. Saw it on DraftKings Sportsbook at plus 550, a game and a half behind the Jazz. And everyone loves the Jazz. It goes gaga over them. Imagine this team with more depth, this Denver Nuggets team. That's a bet that I'm looking at right now. So I'm all in. And when it comes to Nikola Jokic winning that MVP again, he deserves it. And the wins prove it right there. So I had to get that off my chest for a second, guys. So if you're betting NBA, just trust in just on that. Kevin, what do you bring to the family table? Well, I am bringing uh, something I actually just discovered a couple weeks ago um, through uh, Ben Gretsch, uh, who uh, has uh, this site, Omni Fantasy. So basically, it's a big snake draft full of teams, uh, you know, individual like NASCAR drivers, um, you know, ATP tennis, you uh, Champions League. Um, it's basically using futures bets. Um, in a snake draft, and basically the champion of whatever league gets 80 points, uh, it's basically run throughout the calendar year and ends at the Super Bowl. So um, I took, um, I'll just run through my team real quick just to kind of give you um, a little bit. I took uh, the WNBA Seattle Storm with my first pick. Uh, I took the Philadelphia 76ers, um, the France in the World Cup, Denny Hamlin, uh, the Duke Blue Devils in basketball. Uh, it has M uh, MLS, uh, the New England Revolution, Tampa Bay Rays, Rory McIlroy in golf, uh, Michigan in football. Uh, it's really fun, and I think you can still start up leagues even though the Champions League is going on. Now you can do it without the Champions League, but um, it is a really fun way to kind of keep tabs on different sports you don't need to uh, – you know, know everything about every sport. It has the futures odds that are updated on the site. Uh, ben Gretsch does run the site and has its own sub stack for Omni Fantasy. It's it's really fun. And I don't know anything about, uh, you know, really, F, I mean, F1 is in there. Um, I don't know anything about MLS or really a lot of no WN. Cap or anything? Kevin, there's no cap or anything? It's all just the snake draft and that's it. And it's just one big snake draft and, you know, you, I mean, like an F1, there's like only a couple guys that routinely, uh, I think Hamilton and Max Verstappen, you know, if you watch like the, the Netflix F1 show, you know, yeah, you, no, you kind of. You know, SGA, you know, in our industry here, they've been doing drafts. I act, was actually in one two years ago and Howard Bender and Adam Rodas, I believe, just won the one from this year that just literally just came in where they had futures odds and except they went a little bit further than that and they had it where it's more of a snake draft style there are also other contests where you have cap as well and you can't go over a certain amount or when it comes to the odds and stuff like that so there are a lot of ways to do that but again this is what it is when it comes to sports kevin you bring up a great point it's futures gambling it's becoming more and more realistic and as a fantasy sports industry we can either join the party or 
essentially just ignore something that's becoming extremely popular. And I'm going to ride the wave. I love prop betting futures. I love too. We talk about it on the radio. So Kevin, thank you so much for bringing that to the table. That sounds like a lot of fun right there. And yes, I know Ben Gretsch. He's crossed paths with me. I believe he was at CBS at one point. Might yep. still be at CBS. So for short. By the way, reasonable Kevin Tompkins, more than reasonable, an awesome guest that we had on Family Times here. Give him a follow once again on Twitter at KTomp, K-I-N-S-I-I. I will get this a little bit better, Kevin, the next time we have you on. But thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Uh, anytime. This is a lot of fun and uh, love you guys. Yeah, no, we don't. We love you too, Kevin. That's what it's all about. All the love from the family for Matt Sells. Give him a follow on Twitter at the Sells Man. Now, the three time racing writer of the year. Another awesome dude that runs freaking Survivor Fantasy Leagues, among other shows. Ryan Hallam, always making sure that this life stays fun because brackets are awesome, tournaments are awesome, and casual conversation about movies and ranking them is also freaking awesome. And he has the pulse of the people, and that's why you give him a follow on Twitter at Fighting Chance. Give me a follow at Fence Sports. We'll be back for now. Always dominate because there isn't any other option. Altogether as a family, we just win.